Welcome to episode six of Thoughts on the Tinkerage. It's been a two-week hiatus. Uh, apologies for that. It's uh, interesting thinking back to episode four, where I talked about just getting started. And there is an issue with getting started and just literally getting started. But if you, for some reason, reach a hurdle, if you're literally just getting things done in time, that you may not have something in stock if you're aiming for a regular delivery. And that's certainly something that's happened to me. So, you know, a few things happened in real life. By real life, I mean not on the podcast, uh, but the past few weeks that have directly affected my ability to record the podcast, the scheduled times, the times when I have been recording, uh, my dad taxi, I've had other things to do at the same time, which, they're for the family, have to take priority. Now, that wasn't something that I wanted to do, and I am, therefore, haven't reached my kind of target of getting something out every Tuesday on Tinkerage Tuesday. But that is just, that's just life, isn't it? And a few other things happened, and I have to admit, I found myself in a bit of a funk. And it's interesting when that happens. What do we do to get out of a funk? I thought that's something I would just sort of talk about briefly on this episode. I'm not going to go into the reasons for why I was in a funk. Yeah, it happens. It's life. We all, well, I think most of us at some point find ourselves at some point or other losing our mojo, feeling a bit down, being a bit, in a bit of a funk keeping up with things, stressed. There's a lot of vocabulary that we can use to describe those situations. The question is, how do we get out of it? I think that is a question that I will be coming back to, uh, probably repeatedly, certainly knowing some of the topics that I've written down. It's certainly definitely related to that in a long way. Sometimes we just get out of funk a matter of time, get a few good nights sleep, changing a habit, being aware, often with, with that case, and then having to change a habit, or sometimes just looking out for the tiny little triggers. Maybe you're making the decision that work at lunchtime rather than sitting around listening to other people moan, go for a walk, or make an active decision to not relax with yet another glass or, maybe I say, bottle of wine. And like a lot of things, it can be easier said than done. Talking to someone, and I know that's something that's easier said than done. I'm often one to offer uh, the opportunity for people to talk to or advise people that have got themselves into a bit of a funk to talk to other people. And I know certainly it's something that I find tricky to do myself. But it's interesting sometimes how we might get out of a funk, how we might overcome things. Sometimes it's maybe looking for the oddest thing. To get to give you an example, the village in that I live, because it's quite away from the nearest town, has a mobile library come to visit. So it's a fairly decent sized van, uh, kind of once a fortnight, rolls into one of the streets in the village, opens a big door on the side, people wander in, collect some books, pick up reserved books, chat to the librarian, and the, uh, 
comic books don't change very often, I find. But we do make regular use of it. It can be quite useful if we've picked up books from a library, good place to return them. And every now and again, there, there will be some new books. Stock doesn't turn over maybe quite as quickly, or rather there isn't the range of stock that you'd find in a, a town library. But about six weeks ago, I uh, picked up a couple of books that I hadn't noticed before. One was a Terry Pratchett book. Now, I do, I do like Terry Pratchett, but I've not read all of his books. Uh, probably, if I've probably read fewer than half of his books. And it is something that I can't have always said to myself, I'm, I will read more of his books one day. And so I thought, that's an opportunity. And there was also a brand new book called Breakpoint by a gentleman called Ollie Ollerton, who, if you're based in the UK, may know his name from a series on Channel 4 called SAS Who Dares Wins, which is a kind of reality programme where for one to two weeks they take a bunch of civilians and a group of ex-special forces guys uh, push them quite hard in a, an attempt to mimic special forces training and see how they cope. Now I quite like reading military history books, particularly modern history. I will read kind of older history books. I find them quite fascinating and uh, this one caught my eye, so I thought, well, I'll give that a read. I've, I've read the autobiography of one of his colleagues from the programme. And it was very interesting talking about things like PTSD, uh, as well as kind of life in the services and in action in places like Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, I picked up those two books and a month later I get the email notification that the books are due for return. and. Both of them had sat on my bedside table, untouched. Uh, I think I'd read about a page and a half of Breakpoint. So I just thought, oh, stuff it, I'm just going to take them back. I'm not feel, trying not to feel guilty about not reading the books I've taken out of the library. And as I was kind of just getting ready to actually sort of go out, I opened up Breakpoint. I don't know why I even opened it up, but I opened it up. And the page I opened it up to was a chapter that referred to his selection. And it was literally, I'm trying to find the, here we are, page 91. This is the bit that caught my eye when I opened the book. So I'm going to quote this. But about three days in, I was coming towards the end of a march, and among the first five or six again when disaster struck. I was carrying quite a heavy load. It was raining and wet underfoot. As I made my way down this track towards the finish, Pushing harder than was probably sensible, a slate slid under my foot. My ankle went over 90 degrees and I could feel and hear the tendons snapping. It wasn't pain that I was in, it was a state of shock. I hobbled to the end and went straight to the medic, who helped me take my boot off. My ankle already resembled a balloon. The medic looked at a DS, his directing staff, and slid a finger across his throat, meaning that he thought I was finished. Meanwhile, I was thinking, why is he doing that? I think I'm dead. And it goes on. That kind of, that just caught my, caught my attention. He then goes on to say how, rather than taking medical retirement and being able to go back, he decided to, to carry on on the next page. 
In selection, people are always looking for the first excuse to bail out. They'll see people dropping out with twisted knees and ankles, blisters and bad backs. They're always looking for something physical to blame because the alternative is to say, I couldn't handle it mentally, so I had to throw in the towel. I didn't want to be one of those people, even though my injury was worse than anyone's I'd seen that had withdrawn before that point. The following morning, I got a birdie, strapped up my ankle with reams and reams of metal tape and swallowed a load of ibuprofen. At the start of the day's march, the DS were looking at me with disappointed faces, probably thinking, what an idiot, what a waste. Now, the area that he was marching in is a part of South Wales that I've been to. It's not far from where I grew up. I'm familiar with the type of terrain. I've been there. I've turned my ankle over similar terrain, probably not carrying as such heavy weights and probably not trying to travel as fast. But it, it caught my eye and I, I decided then to read it, the book again, and I did so within just a couple of days. Uh, in fact, pretty much rather than going on Instagram, Facebook or any of those other things, I just spent every moment that I could reading that book. And it's an interesting story. It's certainly a book I would recommend. He's, his life is quite interesting. I think uh, possibly made some poor choices, but many people do. I'm sure we all do. But it was interesting how he eventually came through from making those poor choices. And is now doing great work in helping other people. But I think the thing that caught my attention on the way out of the door, just flicking through that book, in fact, I literally put the book straight back down on the radiator before leaving the front door, popped back in through my computer and renewed the book going back out to the library and depositing the Terry Pratchett book and some other books. That point he made about just strapping his boot on and just carrying on, I think possibly because I've been in that physical position of turning an ankle a few miles away from where you need to kind of get to the car on your way home. And although perhaps there's that option to kind of sort of stop and pull a mobile phone out and hopefully ring for somebody to come and get you. Certainly spending time in the sort of the mountains of South Wales and knowing people in the rescue teams, kind of, yeah, there'd be a certain level of embarrassment of having to be rescued. I don't think it's, I don't think that's the important thing, the, the kind of the embarrassment. It's just that I think when in cer certain circumstances, having the ability to self-rescue is, is critical. It made me think about the sort of times I've been out on hills. I have been on mountains and hills in horrendous weather. Rain actually coming upwards, driven so hard by the wind. Wind so strong that you can literally fall against it and not fall down. Snow, whiteout conditions, fog where you can't see a person two metres in front of you. I used to do a lot of adventure sports, including things like caving. And although there's always kind of that knowledge that there are people who are prepared to come and help, knowing that perhaps there are ways to self-rescue can be, I think, a good way out. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that when things maybe aren't going so well, whether that's an issue with your employment, whether it's an issue with your physical health, whether it's an issue with your mental health, whether it's 
just a, a project that you're working on, a making project, give thought to how you as a person can initiate making progress out of it. That might be in the case of Wally Ollerton of sticking your boot back on, taped up ankle with a pile of painkillers. Possibly not a great thing to do if you've got a dodgy stomach, of course. Sometimes you're the person that has to take the action. Now, it might be that the analogy of taping your foot up, strapping your boot on tight, is going and talking to someone. It might be that it's about taking a positive change, making a small change and reminding yourself every time. Maybe put a little post-it note on your computer or dashboard your car reminding you to do something or to not do something. Very easy, for example, to dive down a diet of chocolate, biscuits, beer and wine when things aren't going well. Sometimes that's a self-defeating principle. Sometimes you have to make a choice of maybe just strapping your boots on tight, keeping going. Just keep going. Find a way to keep going. Stop coming up with excuses. I think that's essentially a good philosophy for many problems in life. Keeping going, of course, might mean changing direction. Again, we'll talk about that another time. Okay, I think I'm just going to try and get another episode recorded quickly now rather than going for one long one so that I've actually got one in the bag in case I lose more recording time. So that's enough for episode six. Thank you for listening. If you get a chance, please leave a review on podcast provider of choice. Bye for now.